Welcome to Her Extraordinary Life by Design, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I'm your host, Leslie Gaudet, self-care coach for women who are ready to make self-care a priority to support them in life and business. Every week, I'll be speaking with inspiring women from various walks of life who will share their personal journeys and will discover how they have fearlessly carved their own paths as business owners, passionately pursuing their dreams, and creating a meaningful impact on their communities. So let's get started. Welcome to our Extraordinary Life by Design, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. Hi, I'm your host, Leslie Cadet, and today we're talking with the beautiful, natural-born problem solver, Giselle Kadjia, founder of Admin Option. With a solid background in administrative support, system creation, and customer service, Giselle spent 30 years of her career in the corporate world helping high-profile executives achieve their business goals in various spheres. Growing tired of the corporate environment, she developed a keen interest for the virtual side of administrative support, which led her to start her entrepreneurial venture in 2016 as a virtual assistant. She has since continued to upgrade her digital skills to meet the demands of an ever-evolving virtual market. And I'm really excited to uh, that she's carved out time today to speak with me. So let's talk to this beautiful lady. Welcome to Zal. It's great having you on the show today. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Hello, and, and thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I've been really looking forward to our chat. So let's just get into it. Yeah. yeah, so let's just start by getting to know you a little bit better. Um, okay. Share a little, but please share a little bit about your life and how you grew up, and then we'll get into what you're currently doing today. So take it away. Okay, well, uh, born and raised in, in Quebec, Canada, French-speaking to French family. Uh, I started working here and there as, um, you know, like cashiers and all the jobs. And then I found myself um, as being a receptionist. And I went from there and I grew and I became an executive assistant. And I was an executive assistant for oh, too long, a long time. <laughs> in the corporate world and eventually founded my own virtual assistance business. Um, so what, what led me to that was I was in an environment that was um, uh, very micromanaged and eventually it weighed on me. I had no way of getting further in the business. They liked me where I was. And I, at one point I had little uh, side hustle uh, projects it was in translation. And one of the person who was giving me those projects eventually asked me, have you ever thought of doing this on your own for yourself as a business? And that made me think. And then eventually I jumped and started on my own. Yep. <laughs> so, so what I like to do um, actually now I do, I did a lot of admin. I started with translation, did a lot of admin, and now I do a lot of technical assistance uh, but basically, what I like to do is just create peace of mind for, for entrepreneurs and business owners, peace of mind that their tasks that are tedious for them will be done, um, you know, and, and they're fun for me. So it's, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I know yeah. a little bit more of your backstory because there's a really fun side to you as well. And hopefully, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about that because I think our listeners would be fascinated to know. Uh, some of your history around 
uh, being, uh, as you would call it, in the, the drummer's circle. And I wanted to just for you to share that because I really love that side of your story. I mean, I know that you, you've uh, been a part of that with your own daughter and she's now finished up on that uh, with that in her life, uh, being a part of that. But I want you to share your story and even just a little bit about it, how, you know, you've really stayed in connection with these ladies and have even met up with them from time to time. Correct. So, yeah, I might shock your audience a little bit if I'll say that my virtual assistant business is not my passion. It, it really is a means to my purpose. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about purpose and passion uh, later, I think, because I know that you like that stuff. But, um, you know, my, my purpose is to evolve. My passion started as, you know, it's, it's, it's my hobby. It's drumming. I did drum and bugle corps when I was younger, um, and I, I did rudimental drumming. And now I I left it for a while because I had moved to Africa. And when I came back, I started doing it again. I started teaching young teenagers to drum, and then my children got involved. And so I volunteered for their groups, and now one thing led to another. When I was doing drum corps back in when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I met other girls that that drummed that we competed against each other. And we eventually found each other with the venue of Facebook. Um, and to this day, we're still drunk together, <laughs> but we're like scattered, right? Like one is in Washington, one is in California, one is in Chicago, and I'm here in Montreal. But, you know, we're like sisters. We contact each other all the time. And we, every once in a while, we, you know, we fly and we're going to be in Seattle all together. We're going to do a parade. We're going to do some, you know, like some little shows and and jump together and stuff. So, yeah, that's my passion that has led me to lifelong relationships and friendships. So. Yeah, I love that. And I wanted you to share that because I love that side of your story. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing, because I know sometimes I'm getting personal, right? But I really did like that. And I thought, yeah. what a great story to share with the audience, you know, just because it is around relationship building, which is really the heart of what you do. So with that being said, let's talk about your business. Tell us what you do, a little bit more about what you do and how you discovered your passion and purpose and what steps you took to pursue it. Okay, so well, what I do, like I, I I said before, I like to create time for entrepreneurs and business people, create peace of mind, you know, tedious tasks, admin or technical, you know, um, entrepreneurs, they have like one purpose and it's their business and whatever drives their business. But then they, there's always in business, there's always those side things that can weigh on you. And so I alleviate those tasks for them. I don't have specific things I do. I think I have discovered that I can serve in many areas. I have always built on my skills ever since I started my business. As I said, I I started with translation and now I can produce podcasts, right? For my people. So it's, it's just, it's forever evolving. My business serves my purpose and my purpose is to evolve personally and, and of course, professionally. So that's what I do. How did I find my passion? I fell into it. It's not my passion. That's what I did. That's what I'm good at. And I like doing it. So I didn't find my passion and then develop my passion. 
mean, it's it's always been very hard. I think passion is, you know, you can have many passions, right? You, you don't only have one and you pursue it for life. As you evolve as a human being, as you grow older, there are other interests and then you become very involved in those interests. But for my business, you know, as long as I love what I do, I strive to serve. And I, I now, knowing that it doesn't need to be my passion, I can now concentrate on relationship. I care about the people. I don't go out and try to find clients to find money to find, you know, to, I just, I care and I'll do whatever I can. And I'll be, you know, it's just a matter of being open and honest as to what you can or cannot do for them. And then, you know, they decide whether they want to work or not work with you. But I mean, I'm resourceful. So I'm, I'm not worried. <laughs> no, no. And I love that. And one, and, and the reason why I think what I love about what you said is that, you know, you came from a, a corporate environment with those skill sets and brought them into your own business. And as you were saying, it's not really your passion. It's something you're good at, but you've, learn to love what you're good at and being able mm-hmm. to serve your clients. And I think that's important. I think a lot of the time when women are maybe looking to go from being in a corporate environment where someone else is the boss to being their own boss, that they look at it like I'm trying to get away from this. So to do this and they stop loving what the, it is that they're doing, especially if they're bringing those skill sets with them. So I think it's important that you, you know, even though you said it's not necessarily your passion, um, the passion project, your passion is, you know, being with your sisters in your sisterhood with the drumming and, and keeping those relationships and building relationships that you've learned to still love, you've, you've continued to love what you do and you've learned to love it even more because you are serving the people. It allows you to build on those relationships. So I think it was really important uh, that you actually pointed that out because not a lot of people would be able to look at their current, I guess, career, taking it to like maybe an entrepreneurial part of it and, or even like maybe thinking, okay, can I take that, what I do already and make it my own and go out and serve as my own boss? Because a lot of the time people think entrepreneurship means starting from scratch. What am I going right. to do as a business? Exactly. And a lot of people think that in order to have your own business and succeed in your own business, you need to find your passion and develop that. So that's, I mean, with my research and with my, you know, like my, the courses and all that, I, I actually read a book recently that is called Unfollow Your Passion. And it's by Terry T- Trispicchio. And I'll just uh, read a little passage. I actually wrote in my journal and it was funny because I knew you would touch on the passion side of it. And I don't want to um, come across as somebody who's just cold and is just doing this for money. I really love what I do. And I really have a great interest in what I do, even though it's not my passion. But it's it, she says something to the effect of, because I wrote it in my journal, that hobbies have become side hustles now. And our personality have have to be brands and the things we use to do to relax and unplug and that have meaning outside of what pays the bill aren't just things we like to do, but they're presented to us as potential income streams or ways out of having like traditional jobs, right? This could be a risk because you have to be mindful if you 
pursue your passion as a work, as a job, there is a risk that you will fall out of love with it because there are so many side things to it, to owning a business, right? So that's what that's what she says. Um, it's the potential impact of monetizing your passion that that ha- that has a on your life. You might not like love your passion. If I did drum, I mean, I love drumming. I love drumming. It's I I'd say it's my passion because I've been drumming forever. Um, and eventually, when I retire, what I'd like to do is open a little center and give mindful drumming course for meditation and stuff like that. And that's going to be, I'm going to have, you know, it's, I'm going to be retired. I don't want to do this now. I could do this now. And I could, I could be making money out of this and it could be lucrative. But I know that doing this as a business will take away from the soulful passion of it. You know, for me, it does, it's not for everybody. You know, you do, we just have to be mindful of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. So can you share a specific strategy or maybe mindset shift that's played a significant role in your success as a business owner? Uh, yeah, sure. That's a, that, that's a great question, actually. Uh, the mindset. Well, so <laughs> I kind of fell into it. I, uh, I was in an environment that was micromanaged and it was very stressful. And I decided then that this person tells me, hey, have you thought of doing this, you know? And I started with a small project, you know, and then I got a big client, but my mindset. So I left my business thinking, yay, I'm now a business owner. I'm going to do my schedule and I have this big client and I, and, but my mindset was still the employee mindset. And I was still relying on this one big client for my financial security. So it took me losing this big client after my marriage, you know, crumbling, collapsing after 30 years. So my marriage, you know, my marriage collapsed. I went into, you know, like a kind of, I didn't go into depression, but you know how it is. Like you, you not, you don't, I mean, this, you're in a state of mind that is not really quite, <laughs> quite level. I lost this big client and then I lost, you know, everything that came with the collapse of the marriage, like my house and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I didn't have a strategy. I didn't expect this. So, you know, I mean, I didn't even expect to lose my one client because it was somebody I knew very well. So let alone losing everything, right? So I had no, no strategy. I faced a situation where it was either, um, that would either like push me into self-loathing and depression or it could shift me into a more positive survival gear mindset. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to survive this, I'm, I'm going to need to work on myself. You know, nothing happens for nothing. We're not perfect. You know, things happen. Whatever happened that I did, I need to research and I need to, I want to better myself and push, you know, I need to work on myself. So, um, that's that's what I did. I did a lot of courses. And then when I realized, you know, I knew that I was good at was what I was doing. I did not want to go back into the corporate environment that was still toxic for me. I had not been out of my work a year yet when all this happened. Um, so when I realized I don't need 
because, you know, you take courses. Oh, what's your purpose in life? What's your passion? When I realized that I don't need it to be a passion, I just need to have a purpose to serve, a purpose, you know, for others. That's when it shifted. That, because that's when all my relationships shifted. That's when my, the way I viewed, I didn't want to have my business to make money. I wanted my business to serve people, to do the best. I cared, you know, to care about. So I was doing, I, I, I had lost this big client. I still had little projects. And believe me, Leslie, my business works on referrals. I'd say 90% is referrals. So it, ha- it means something, you know, it means that the relationships I, I grow, you know, I build solid relationships. So that was the big mindset shift for me. It was the fact that it doesn't need to be my passion and that don't, I, it doesn't need to be, I need to do this for money. Like the employee mindset, I need to find a client and do this for money. It's just, you know, so. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a great answer because a lot of the time you're right, people get into business and like that, then, then the scarcity mindset will settle in because all of a sudden now we're focused, okay, I have this business. Now I have to make money. Now I got to get clients. How do I do that? Instead of just focusing on how can I better serve the people that I want to serve with the skill sets that I have and not right. worry about that because that will come. Yeah, right. As long exactly. as you can. Exactly. So I I mean, you will build your strategy upon that. Like I had no strategy. All I had going for me was my resilience, right? And so I chose to survive in a positive way. I could have chosen, I mean, I could have chosen the other way. I could have chosen, oh, you know, to victimize my oh, you know, poor, poor little me. But yeah, you 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 do that. And then you have tools, you know, you take stock. What do I know? What can I do? And you have tools to go forward and then, you know, develop your business and then you strategize, then you plan, then, you know, as, as you go along, you build, I'm still building. I've been doing this since 2016. I've been in the corporate world admin for 30 years and I am still building because my purpose is to evolve as a human being. And that means in my business too. Love that. So which leads me to the next question, which is obviously it's two part because I had told you about this uh, and it's around self-care. So first, let's talk about what self-care means to you and how do you prioritize it in your daily life? Okay, so self-care for me is respecting who I am and it's nourishing my body and my soul so that I can move forward in life, you know, but it's really being aware of who I am respecting who I am and nourishing my body and my soul to, you know, thrive in in life. And how do I prioritize? (laughs) Well, so there's like several aspects, Um, you know, there's the the mind aspect. So it's a, there's an interesting fact that I learned, you know, like um, in a nutshell, it's our mind doesn't know what's real and what's not real. You know, our mind doesn't know what's real and what's fiction. So whatever we feed our mind, eventually we'll believe, right? And that can really positively affect or negatively affect our life. So all the negative self-talk, I rule that out. So I do this by meditation, doing affirmation, positive reading, learning. You know, I'm not huge on journaling, but whenever I journal, it's very helpful. Um, then there's the body part, right? Our body is the only vehicle that we'll have to carry us and our soul and our mind through life, right? So we better take care of it. 
there's no other bodies. This, this is this is what we have, right? So the grooming, I love massages and they're great. Uh, good nutrition, you know, not an excessive. I mean, you know, you have to be social sometimes, and but like you know, just being aware, exercise, relaxation. That's for my body, and then for my soul, stressless socializing, meaning meeting with friends, you know, that I am comfortable with reaching out to people that I love. And even if I don't see them all the time, not stress about, oh my gosh, I have to invite all these people for dinner because, you know, now it's just like, whatever. I'm, you know, I might not be the greatest hostess, but <laughs> I'm not going to cause you any stress. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so, and also for me, for the soul is, the mindful drumming, you know, I, it, I get into a, a meditative state and get into nature. Park nearby will do, you know, five minutes or whatever. So that's, those are the things. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And self-care can change, you know, we could have like a whole toolbox and we pull from some things we like better this month that we want to do for 30 days. And maybe Absolutely. next month we decide, you know what, like you were saying, journaling, you know what? I'm going to journal for a whole month because I'm in the mood for it. But then other times it's like, okay, I haven't journaled for like three months. Let me see if I can open up my book and see what comes. But it really, it to me, it's like, it's not a an actual like framework that everyone has to follow. It's like, what suits your lifestyle for your, like whatever fits you, whatever you like yeah. to do, as long as it's nourishing you. So exactly. I, that's how I look at self-care. Exactly. So, Knowing, yes. respecting ourselves and nourishing our body and soul not in the courts, right? That's yes, exactly. So then how, let, let's just, this, this goes like to the personal professional life, like the, them being together. How do you find that balance between the two of them? And maybe what tips you could provide our listeners who might struggle with in this area? Okay. So, well, so for me, one thing that is easy is that I work mostly from home. So balancing my personal and professional life is easier because I plan my days around that, right? My days are not just work days. But I think there's a way to do it, even if you are working outside the home. It's just that the schedule might be a little different, you know. So what what I would suggest is, um, <laughs> so at night, you do your little gratefulness uh, thing or meditation or whatever. I, I usually take a few minutes I don't plan to the hours. There are things I know that I do every day, but just like plan ahead your day, the, 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 the next day, you know, like you won't fit everything, but say like on, so on average, you know, there's two or three actionable goals that you want to achieve in your business. If you give yourself more than that, you're creating yourself a lot of stress, you know, but you know, and, and your goals won't really necessarily be a thing. So two or three actionable goals that you can achieve on a day. And then between that, time for yourself. And it doesn't need to be two hours. I have to get up. Like I, when I, I work sitting at a desk most of the time, and I have to get up every hour or so because of some physical issues that I have. So I get up every 50, 55 minutes for five minutes. And then I do something for me. And it can be a quick meditation. But, and, and a lot of the time it's like a little bit of stretching and dancing. I put a song on and I dance and I just go, you know, get out of there. 
So people can do that kind of stuff at work, even if, you know, in the workplace, not dance, but, you know, stretch or, or go in a state of meditation or whatever, you know. So, and then, and I, and I try to maybe plan to reach out to one person, one, one person that you love. It doesn't mean to be on the phone and you don't need to talk for an hour, but just reaching out, say, Hey, I thought of you this morning, this, that, and the other, whatever, by text, by whatever you reach out, there's a little exchange. And then it's just like, okay, I'm still connected to the world. That's good for me. You know? So it's just basically try to plan and incorporate both in my days. I'm going to work at night sometimes. But, you know, if my daughter is doing something, my daughter lives with me. If she's doing something with friends and I find myself alone in front of my TV, I might as well work. And then tomorrow, well, you know what? I'm going to have a two hour and I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go for shopping or, you know. So it's just to incorporate. I incorporated both together, you know. And, of course, (laughs) when you have your business, you tend to work, 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 work a lot. So I impose myself one full day that I get off, get off the computer, no email, nothing a week, at least one. I'm good. Sometimes I do two. So, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I love that because you touched on a couple of what I really call them essential self-care, which is like the mental breaks. Those breaks are important. Really, it's just to help you like, you know, unwind from it, just to detach from, from your screen time you know, and just take time like just to be. And then I love the one of the things you did talk about was structuring. I think structuring your time or planning ahead is really important. I like to have, I have two ways. I have um, my calendar, my Google calendar has all of my appointments, but then I also have another Google doc with the times for, for the day from seven to, to six. And I'll put in whatever set time what that does for me, it gives me a visual of white space in my day, which is very calming. And I think that's another form of self-care by allowing myself, okay, I, I know what I have to do. Then I know what I can, what I can do for myself in all of the space that's available to me to fill how, how I choose. So awesome. yeah, I think that's great. So last question, what advice would you give to women who may be afraid to pursue their dreams or start their own business? Okay, so, uh, well, first of all, do know that jumping into the unknown is very scary and it's very difficult. You're not alone. You know, our brain is designed to protect us, not to protect us out of our comfort zone. Now, don't also, don't think that you have to push yourself outside your comfort zone. If you push yourself outside your comfort zone, you just create discomfort and you might not be in a good place to learn anything or to even act on anything, right? If you understand that doing hard things and scary things doesn't mean that you have to get out of your comfort zone. It just means that you have to push yourself hard, not necessarily out of your comfort zone, then already you get on a good level, right? So I would say take stock of your skills, and take stock of what you could fall back on financially if you're really, really scared. Find a coach or a mentor, you know, to help you structure the initial business plan. If you say, hey, I can't afford that, that's fine. There are what one of my clients actually calls unlikely mentors. And, uh, you know, they're in the form of books, videos, podcasts, contents, you know, whatever can kickstart your brain and help you jot down on paper things to start your business and structure, right? Then start small. 
You know, if you're really scared of jumping in, just start small. Uh, if you project too far in the future, that, that's going to be like, that's a dream killer, man. That's just, you know. So if you want to develop, say, a service business, start with one service you'd like to offer and develop that slowly. You know, I started with translation and I did translation only for three years. And then, you know, and that was while I was working. And then eventually, you know, this one client told me to think about this full time. And at the same time, I was talking to friends and this acquaintance happened to say, hey, I need a VA. Would you like help? And, you know, that, that's how it goes. If you want to develop a product-based business, well, start with one product. Develop that, you know. You can do a side hustle. Like this side hustling is very popular these days. You know, there are so many ways. But beware. If you start looking into side hustling or anything in business, you're going to get bombarded bombarded by so-called opportunities, opportunities to learn, to jump into this, to jump into that. Choose one. Don't create yourself stress for nothing. Choose one. Choose what you feel fits you at the moment. Pursue that one. You know, create an action plan now. Focus on that one. You know, like the squirrels and the monkeys, are, they're just going to multiply in your brain. Because if you're on the internet, as soon as you start researching one thing, all the other things happen, you know? So you get established in one. And then if you feel like it's good for you, that it's right for you, then you start pursuing another avenue and then you expand from there. So just start slow. Jumping is hard. Jumping is very hard. Yeah, but it's worth it. when you take the time to really like feel it out, like what really is, what lights yeah. you up again, like you found passion in what you love to do. And then you were able to find love uh, for what you now do as a business in serving your clients. Exactly. Um, and my clients helped me evolve. You know, like I started with translation. This one person says, hey, I need a virtual assistant. She had certain needs. I needed to learn certain things. And then this one person, oh, would you do like some social media visuals for me? Sure. You know, research that, find out, you know, like that's how, that's how it happens after a while. You just, you know what you need to learn. You know how you eventually instinctively know how to go to the next step, you know? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually was thinking about one last question that I wanted to ask you, because I know you have such a strong focus on serving your clients and creating those meaningful connections. And you've uh, touched on your approach to building and nurturing those relationships. But I want to ask you this. How do these connections contribute to your overall business growth and success? Well, I think it's just open communication. And um, I, you know, I made a difference between being in a corporate world, in a corporate mindset, and being in a, I own my business, my family business, which is not family, but it's me. And I, I'm here to serve you. So my clients are there, you know, once we've worked together and I've done a couple of projects, they'll reach out. They'll say, hey, I have a question for you. Do you know how to do this? Or do you know how I could do this? And sometimes, I, you know, if, if I feel, wow, yeah, this is really something I want to learn. I'll say, hey, I'm not quite sure how to do it, but I know that I can research it for you and do it for you. And often I'll just offer you know, I'll do this, I'll spend the time for you. And once I know and I've learned, then you can pay me for whatever service I'm going to do for you, you know. 
So it's just establishing an open communication and making them feel comfortable enough to ask for what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's absolutely been enlightening. One of my favorite things you said was stressless socializing, which I love because when you go on vacations, as an example, to go visit family, you come back and you're like, I need a vacation from my vacation. So I love the fact that you talk about stressless socializing. You're like, there's no stress to this. Let's just enjoy enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Enjoy each other's company. You know, go with the mindset of, hey, take me as I am. This is me now. I'm open. I love you. I'm open to, you know, sharing, but I'm not going to cause any stress because I don't have toothpick to put in my little thing to do the, the skewers with the tomatoes and the, <laughs> and the cheese. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know, just like be there and be, you know, be open about it. I mean, I'm just like, sometimes like, yeah, I'm not the greatest host, but you know what? My, my door is always open for you. You're more than welcome to come here. And, you know, the plate is going to be what it is. And, you know, I'm not a bad cook, but I mean, it's not going to be fancy, but, you know, it's like, let's relax and just enjoy each other, you know. Yeah, no, I love that. And I'm so happy that we are connected. I I love, again, what you shared today. And I know that you are amazing at what you do because you've also helped me personally in some of my tasks. So definitely I'll make sure that the show notes provide our listeners with how they can get in touch with you. You never know, you might have a flood of inquiries about what you do. So again, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. Thank you, Leslie, for having me. I'm always open to chat to anybody, you know, that doesn't cost anything. If you don't, if you don't find out, you don't know, right? So anyways, and it's via my website, everything is there. So And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're having an amazing day and that you have an amazing week ahead. Until then, keep dreaming, keep believing, and keep designing your extraordinary life one day at a time. Thank you for joining me on Her Extraordinary Life by Design. I hope you've been inspired and empowered by the incredible stories shared on this show. If you enjoyed this episode and the conversations we've had, I would greatly appreciate if you could take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback and support mean the world to me, and it will help others discover the podcast and join our empowering community. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Together, we can continue to learn from these amazing women, uncover their extraordinary journeys, and be motivated to create our own lives by design. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time. Stay empowered and keep shaping your extraordinary life one day at a time. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love.
available now wherever you listen to music.